Hey there, Doug. Hello, Karen. We are on the block again. Yep, that's no lie. I cannot catch you in this lie. But the title of our latest episode is Catcher in the Lie. Season 5, episode 19. Isn't that crazy? Holy shit. This one's this this season's kind of flying. Yeah, I'm I remember we were watching the beginning of the season with, you know, like Richard was still alive, Jane was still on the show. Um and it was summer. So, I just had this like I didn't take like I re- literally took four notes, but um Okay, we will go through all four of them in great depth. But my first my but but my first one is more of a question. What did we learn on Melrose Place this episode? Can you guess? Can you guess what we learned? The name of Jake's son? No. We learned that D&D has security. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They are the the klutziest of Keystone cops, but yeah. Yes, but they have security. Finally. Finally, we've been waiting five friggin' seasons for, <laughs> for but, do they have, but do they have a receptionist? No, there was no receptionist. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, since Allison got promoted, it's just the people just walk right in. But they do have security that you can call should you need to. Okay, where do we start? Um, I guess, should we pick up where we left off? Um, okay, where'd we leave off? So Amanda was leaving the voicemail for Peter while Peter and Taylor were finally going to town. This was like, you know, like we've reached the summit of where they've been building slowly. Some might say very slowly from Some might say too slowly, but yes. Some some have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so that was where we left last week. So this week um, we open with a knock on the door at Peter's uh, Shea Peter. Right. So you had actually said last week, kind of like a cliffhanger, is Amanda going to go over to Peter's? Is she going to catch him with her? And I was like, you know, I don't remember that. I was like, did she say she was coming over, that she could come over? Well, no, you were right. I mean, she came right over so she and Peter could have dinner because she forgot she skipped out on that breakfast. Um, And so Peter comes to the door while Taylor's in the bedroom, I guess. Um, well, and then she's she, kind of lurking at the top she, of the stairs. And then she gets in the doorway, yeah. right? Yeah, top of the stairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, Amanda apologizes to Peter, and he's like, don't worry about it, you can go. And it, it, at first, it's just like he's trying to stonewall so she can go Nazi Taylor. But then he actually says, like, no, you don't, like, he shows that he's pissed. And then he even says, yeah, because I saw Craig in your apartment. Um, and he basically kicks her out before she can even try to explain beyond saying he's nothing and that nothing happened? Yeah, now I couldn't remember what happened that he saw that brought him to this conclusion. I don't even remember. So Craig spent the night, he crashed at a minute. That's right, Craig answered the he door really while Peter, that's yeah. right, that's right, he answered the and, door while and Peter, he answered yes. the door while Amanda was showering and, right. and told Peter that yeah, he had spent the night with her. Um, but that was a lie. So that was a lie, but it set Peter off. Um, So Taylor came to him, and he was drinking alone at his house, and that was it. So that that is the beginning of Peter with Taylor. Right. So he basically um, tells Amanda to shove shove off, closes the door. Taylor's halfway down the stairs, and they lock lips again, and it looks like they're about to have sex on the stairs. 
Yeah, but the, okay. So here's the thing: we know that um, Taylor desires Peter. We know yes. that she just wanted them to be together, but they're really making Taylor a wanton sex object, particularly in this episode. Um, yes. Uh, we'll probably get to it more towards the end of the episode or the end of this storyline. But, I mean, like, I don't even think Taylor says two words and Peter just throws her down and almost just has gets ready to have sex on her as the cold open fades into the opening credits. Um, am I wrong? No, you're right. Yeah. It's basically what happened. So, yeah. Again, yes, we know that that Taylor seems to be consenting, but they are definitely making her a sex object. So that's what I'll say now, and then we'll see by the end of the episode if we feel any different. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I guess we can... I mean, I know this is kind of the main thread, but we can just keep going and then catch the secondary stories. Yeah, let's go, because I actually feel like the um, Michael and Megan and uh, uh, Kimberly... Was kind of the main er story here storyline. I think that was, or maybe Meteor, or maybe it was because I just something happened that I knew was going to happen, and I was screaming, "I knew it! I knew it!" at the TV while I was watching. I know <laughs> what that something is. You can't see me. I'm pointing at the screen, but I know what that thing. Yeah, you know exactly what it is. So anyway, so let's keep going. Get to that. We will keep our listeners in minor suspense. Um, so, following Taylor, she does Taylor come does back. Walk of shame. Yeah, she has the drive of shame, and then she's got the the courtyard walk of shame. Yeah. Um, and she does look like it. She looks like she's doing the walk of shame. <laughs> although, really, Taylor has none. I know, I know. But who who does who does she catch in the middle of the courtyard while she's doing the walk of shame? Nick. Nick. But he's on his way out. Sort yeah. Of. Sort of the be the best friend, Nick, the best friend that they hate. Taylor hates him. He hates Taylor. And basically, I guess because she spent the night out of that apartment, and Kyle was like losing his mind, he's basically kicked Nick out. Right. Which, I mean, good on Kyle for losing his mind when your wife has disappeared. Right. Right. Um. So she basically says that she spent the night in the motel. Um. Because of, you know, so that, he, what was it? So that um, Kyle would know what it was like to be left alone all night or something right. like She's that. She's telling this to Kyle after right. she has gone back to the apartment. Yeah. Right, right. And Kyle is basically like, well, I kicked Nick out. You're, this marriage is more important to me than than him. And she's like, well, you're a day too late. And so basically she's <laughs> having none of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of hard to pick a side in this fight. Well, yeah, I mean, it kind of is. And the thing is, it, it was sort of, it, it seems like now that Peter has given in to this attraction between them, mm -hmm. or I, with her, I don't even know if there's really an attraction between them. I've actually never really felt it. Um, it, it it's like she she's now just said, like, she's ready to go off and marry Peter Burns, and she's ready to kick her own marriage with Kyle to the curb. And that she is. Okay. That is what it's like. Um, and then, I'm not really clear on the reasons why, but the next time we see Kyle, he's packed and going to Boston for a few days. Does he just need to check on the other restaurant? 
Well, apparently there was a fire in the kitchen at the Boston restaurant and he's got to go um, and deal with the insurance company. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so conveniently Kyle is going out of town. Should make things easier for Taylor. And yet things are going to get complicated. There's going to be more eyes on her. Right. Starting with. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, starting with Amanda, who comes by and delivers the news that Nick is now moving into Sid's old apartment upstairs. Because Sid is now living downstairs. Because Sid is in James. Yeah. And Sam is now moved in with Billy. I'm telling you, it has been hard to keep up with all of this. Yeah. Imagine the people that do the leases. You know what? I, you know what screwed me up? Ooh. I think Melrose Place screwed up. How so? They had, they didn't have her in Jane's apartment. I don't believe you. I don't think that apartment, I think that was Sid's old apartment. I don't think that was Jane's apartment. No, it is. It is Jane's old apartment. Are you sure? Layout wise, yes. Based on the scenes they show, um, yeah, the way the, the table in the living room is, the way the kitchen is, yeah, that is the Jane apartment. That's not the Sid's apartment. I felt like that was I felt like that was still Sid's old apartment upstairs. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I might have to like go back and look at this again because I swear to God, I did not like. I seriously thought it was the upstairs apartment. Did not think it was. My yeah, radar didn't when, go off, but my must. The, and when you think about okay, when you think about. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of us, but when you think about how Walter was creeping on the outside of the of the of the the window, oh, maybe that was that could have been Jane's apartment. I think it's Jane's first floor Although, apartment. I swear I felt like he was on the balcony. And when she opened the door, there was the balcony behind him. Okay. I will have to double check just to We're going to I'm going to have to rewatch. I'm going to have to go back and relook because I really do think that I, I think they fucked up. And I think that I don't think they were in Jane's apartment. Okay. I didn't notice, so I'm going to go back. Okay. We'll check on that and get back to you. All right, guys. Stay tuned right. on that. So, yeah. So, anyway, Nick is moving into Sid's apartment, assuming which, she's not living there. Which um, is right next door to Kyle and Taylor. <laughs> right. Which is great. Yay. And Taylor and Amanda have, like, Words. A tete-a-tete at each other. I don't think they really said anything memorable other than, you know, no love lost there. They hate each other. Yes. And that's what I like them best. (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the doctor's office. Uh, Peter, yeah. Peter and Michaels. Peter, like, I, well, okay, first of all, okay, so Peter is, like, talking into his little microphone. Yeah, Um, this is hilarious. And I'm like, and I, it appears that Wilshire Memorial is having some financial trouble. Apparently some massive budget issues. <laughs> yeah, like massive. Like, basically, like he's saying that Wilshire Memorial is going to have to close in six months or something like that if, if they don't get their budget under control. And I'm like, holy shit, this is the first we've heard of this. Yeah. It might be the last also. Yeah. Okay. Um, and in walks, uh, in walks Taylor in a slinky outfit. Yep. And, and, you know, Peter's like, Taylor, what are you doing? Because he's not ready for them to be a public thing. 
No, but he's kind of okay with her sitting in his lap and shit. Yeah, I mean, then she sits on his lap and he's like, all right, fine, and gives right in. And lo and behold, Michael has to walk in on them. But Michael approves. Well, yeah, and it's like suddenly Taylor feels caught. And it's like, well, this is what happens when you seduce your married lover in his workplace. But, okay. So then she excuses herself quickly. And then Michael sits down um, and lets Peter unload about how Taylor makes him feel. And there's an excitement with her. You know, like the typical thing that... The typical excuses. A husband says about his mistress because she's different than the wife because... The mistress doesn't have all the obligations and responsibilities and shit to put up with. Right. He's, but basically, yeah. He says Taylor makes him feel good. Michael, of course, approves. Right. And, I mean, Michael's whole situation is even more complicated, so he's just cheering on his friend. Right. And I can't remember if they say anything about Kimberly again in this scene. They do not. Okay. So much for best friends. Well, you know. Well, I mean, I mean, Kimberly and Peter. Yeah. Oh, I knew what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at Kyle's. <laughs> the so, bar. The so Nick, Nick leaves and Taylor stays late to lock up. Right. Now, and... Nick is tending bar. Did we say, did we point this out? Not only is he living next door, he's also been hired to tend bar at Wasn't Kyle's. Was he already tending bar before this episode? I don't think he was. And the idea is that he is supposed to be keeping an eye on Taylor while Kyle is away. Yes. And, um, and, and Taylor is like kind of shitty to him, of course. And he's like, bitch, you can't fire me. I work for Kyle. I don't work for you. That's right. Yeah. I mean, by now, Taylor is bitching out in everyone's direction and not getting called out for it too much either. But yeah, Nick. Yeah, Nick like she's, she's still bitching at Sid. Um, oh, and we did, we, we're we going to have to give something away, I guess. Um, about... No, 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 no. Because no. no? okay. no, we'll pick that up in, in when we get there. Okay, I won't, okay, we're not giving that up. But yeah, so so Nick is like, you can't do anything to me. I'm still here. I've got my eyes on you. And she's like, go fuck yourself on me. But not in those words. Um, and he leaves. And then Peter comes in through the back. So right. Peter and Taylor start going at it in the kitchen. And then they hear a noise. And so you're thinking... Oh, Nick is coming back. He's going to spy on her. Is he going to maybe take photos? So so she tries to get, you know, like Peter to scram back out. Surprise! Kyle has come back early. And Peter, although he's, I believe the door is closed in, in like the back alley. Um, he can, he listens as Kyle talks to Taylor and is completely immune to her. Like she gets like flour or sugar on her from her and Peter messing around. And she's like, Oh, I just spilled something on me. Yeah. And, Cause they were like knocking shit all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, it's like loud, messy about to be sex. And, um, uh, Kyle is like, listen, I realize I still love you. And that's all that matters. And then, Kyle and Taylor start going at it. And Peter's hiding in like a closet. (laughs) Well, Peter is basically listening to the whole thing. 
Oh, you know what we did forget to talk about is um, why Nick is suddenly we're 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 oh, very well. I was gonna get I was gonna get there from another storyline too. Oh, all right. So we'll we'll come back to that too then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, yeah. Now now they're gonna go at it, and um, Peter gets to listen. Right. Which is hilarious, and I think he deserves it. Where are we going next? Um, well, before we do that, again, just repeating what I said, like, they're basically just making Taylor a receptacle for any man that wants to unload at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I like Lisa Rinna, like, I get a kick out of her, usually when she shows up on sh- on shows. Um, I loved her on the soap. What the hell soap opera did daytime did she do? Uh, Days of Our Lives. Was it Days? Loved her on Days? Not loving her on the, it's so fucking one note. I'm tired of her bitching at everybody. She has no allies. And the problem I think is that she has no, um, no female friends. I was just going to say the big thing is that you hit on, um, is no allies. I mean, she's an Island and those characters, those, those characters can only be interesting for so long. Now I think she's going to get more fun the bitchier they push her. But we're not quite there yet. But, you know, and that's fine. But I feel like she needs a partner. She does need allies. She does. And even even the bad guys have a friend, a person, a confidant, an ally, a cohort, whatever. Who she's not sleeping with. Like, it can't be Kyle, it can't be Peter. The person who she, like unloads her plans on and they support her unwaveringly right like she and I, and it has to be a female like you mm-hmm. know it's so funny because um when my book when they were talking about turning it into a tv thing one of the things that i got told was a problem was that she didn't really have any close female allies but she did but they just weren't in that particular book it was like a relationship that was over the uh... phone so it actually wasn't a strong enough relationship, I guess, that they picked up on. Um, and it was like, that was like the one thing that they drove home to me was that um, women, they, this was sort of, and this is not me saying this was my takeaway, but women viewers, whether it's TV or movies, will not like a female character if she does not have a female bestie, a female friend, a female ally. They want to see that relationship between two women. I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. I'm just agreeing with that I know this is a common. Yeah. And, you know, watching this play out, I can see why that would be necessary because I think that it's, I think she needs that. We need that because otherwise she is very one note and she is super unlikable. Can I ask a dumb question? Sure. Has Kimberly had that through most of the series? I feel like Kimberly has had female friends, though, allies at one point or another. Whether it is um, at one point she and Sid were aligned, at one point she and... Amanda maybe were aligned at one like I feel like she has had alliances that have even though they were under strain her and Joe had the alliance before she like stole her baby yeah 
you know, I feel like she's had these alliances, even though they were strained, where there were un- there, it was enough to make her not be that. There honest. was some sort of connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with Taylor, yeah. not only does she have none, but she is actively nasty to every woman that gets in front of her. Yeah. Like she is actively nasty to Sid. She's actively nasty to Amanda. She is active, and then we don't. Do we even see her with Allison or no. uh, Sam to no. even be active, actively nasty to? No. And is there anyone left? She's not connected to Megan or Michael. So yeah, me, like not even a little bit, and, Megan, or yeah. Kimberly. Yeah, or Kimberly. like like she's not even in their orbit. So like it. it so e- so either she's nasty to you, or she just ignores you, or, or doesn't she doesn't even know. know. They, yeah. they exist, which is like weird because it's Melrose Place, right? Although I kind of feel like maybe she had a quick run in with Sam and she was kind of like, you're a yokel, you know, <laughs> at the pool party. Which did she... Yeah, I was going to say, did they ever have an encounter about the Samuel Kira paintings? But I don't even think that that was just at Sid. Yeah, I think that might have been at and Sid. And the thing is, she's being nasty at Sid. But she doesn't officially know that Sid and Kyle even had a one-nighter. Has no idea. She is just nasty at Sid for the sake of being nasty. Well, except that Kyle's nice to Sid, right? Yeah, I mean, like, she kn- she's got at least sensed the flirtation. But I think that's it. Like, not enough to justify her nastiness. Right. Right. So I, I, think, that I, I think that that is a big problem. And I don't know if they're ever going to rectify it. But I feel like they need to. Because she's well, getting really tiresome. that. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. I do wonder if you'll change your tune a little bit closer to the end of the season. And you may not, but I'd like to check in on that. Okay. So um, should we finish up the other stuff that Amanda and has going on? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, will we have to get into Allison and Jake with that too? Because there was some stuff at D&D or nah, we can just go through Amanda with Craig. Who was, like, literally in one scene. Well, here's the thing. Let's do Amanda and Craig, and then we can either do a fun storyline or a really less fun storyline. Okay. And, but, but, um, yeah. So there's, and, a, there's a little bit more that happens at Kyle's. Right. And it was just, I guess, like, one or two scenes. Amanda comes in with, uh, with Craig, um, to as have, Peter has just shown up as well. Yes, as Peter has shown up. Now, remember... Oh, no, there is no remember. Right. So who showed up first, though? Was it Peter that was first or uh, Amanda that was first? Peter shows up alone first and goes straight to the bar. Right. And Kyle, uh, Kyle has told his friend Nick to keep an eye on Peter and oh, that's what it was. And what's her name? Uh, Taylor captures Peter before he goes to the bar and says, and basically says, uh, "You need to. We need to be careful. Um, the bartender's eyes are on us." Right. And that's when Peter is like, "I'm not sitting at the table. Then I'm sitting at the bar." And he introduces himself to to Nick. Nick and orders the fancy scotch and basically tries to be his friend. Right. And that's when, that's pretty much when um, Amanda and Craig show up for dinner, which I thought was kind of interesting that Amanda even went there. But yeah, of whatever. all the gin joints in yeah, of all the Los gin- Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she doesn't like Taylor. She doesn't like Kyle. She doesn't like their relationship with Peter. And yet there she is showing up at this restaurant with 
um, with Craig. Um, and she's what does she see Peter there or she sees or or she has words with uh, uh, with Taylor? I don't remember. No, they, she sees Peter and they fight and basically then all walk out. Right. So everybody walks out except for Craig. No, but Craig come does back. come back. Right. That's what it was. So the the and again, Craig does not have much to do here. And Amanda and Craig never have another conversation where Amanda's like, did you happen to see Peter? Did you say anything to Peter? Which, you know, maybe I would if Peter is like, Craig told me you guys slept together. But bygones. Um, yeah, so Craig comes later to the bar, goes straight to Nick, um, and says that he will pay him to prove that Peter is stepping out on Amanda. Um, he gives him $100, and he's like, and I'll give you 1000 if you can give me the proof. Yeah, no, I thought he was broke. Where'd all this money come from? I don't think you're supposed to remember that, Karen. Oh, I'm sorry. But also, I think it's like that, you know, like that thing with like, like poor little rich people where it's like they say they're broke, but they still have more money than you. <laughs> it's right. just, they have money to do all the things. It's just more money than you have on your best day. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I think it's something like that. Because <laughs> he takes out like this wad of cash. And I was like, but wait a minute. I thought his father like left him with nothing, like not right. even a house. Right. But again, if he doesn't have the house, then where has he been staying? Because they haven't couch? shown him at Amanda's. Oh, they haven't shown much of him at all. Also, Allison is still staying at Amanda's, right? Oh, yes, she is. Allison is staying at Amanda's, so Craig can't be staying at Amanda's. He's probably sleeping at D&D. Yeah, that makes as much sense as anything. Okay, why not? Anyway, um, before I forget, so Nick accepts Craig's offer. Yes, but that's all we see. We just see the acceptance. And that's all we see. We don't have any other, we, we don't have the goods yet. Right. Um, so do we want to talk about the Allison Jake stuff? Do we want to talk about Sydney Carter stuff? I think Allison Jake, because this is another one where I just want to get it over with. This is, yeah, let's get it out of the way. This is um, kind of elaborate, but I think fairly easy to sum up. Right. But Allison is apparently back at D&D because Amanda did offer her that job with health benefits. And it's great in the beginning because things with Billy there and Amanda there seem to be no problem. Allison is apparently doing great at the work and the three of them are sitting um, in the cube pool just sort of joking about, you know, the way things are and the way things have been and, like, past clients and stuff. And I think it's Amanda who says something like, sometimes I wonder how we make any money or so, how we are even still around. And it's, like, funny. Us watching feel the same way. We're wondering why you're still around, too, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jake shows up. Walks in. Um, drunk Jake. Yeah, now he's, like, basically drunk through this whole episode at this point. Yeah, he's yeah. belligerent, yeah. Um, you know, unlike the Jake we're used to see. Um, who, yeah, who was tough but never really bad. That sort of thing. Well, he's bad here. Um, he, he, like, goes crazy. He destroys a desk and a computer. Um, and that's when we finally see security. Um, like, these two, like... Chico's men walk in uh, and and they drag him over to the elevator and actually and Billy follows him to the elevator and that's when 
uh, Jake calls Allison a bitch. So Billy punches him in the elevator. Yeah. And that's about it. Um, yeah, that is about yeah, it. That's about it. Um, and then Sam and Billy, you know, on their ground level apartment the next morning, hear Jake revving up his motorcycle in the courtyard, not outside on the street, but in the courtyard. Um, <laughs> because his tiny duffel bag that's sitting on the back of the bike was just too heavy and too yeah, big like, to drag out to the street. Walk it out. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Um, and and also Allison from above at Amanda's apartment looks Cannot down and sees yes. Jake walking away, and he doesn't he doesn't say where he's going. He's just going on a trip. Uh, meanwhile, Matt is going to be running shooters during Jake's. Yeah, <laughs> so that was the other the other surprise. Matt has now returned to his bar job at Shooters because he doesn't have enough to do at the hospital and with his well, student stuff. Technically, he doesn't have enough to do because we don't see him doing much of anything else. Except running the bar, yeah. And this last, is, and this is last week, he was holding the phone in the scrub room. <laughs> this week, he's holding down the bar. Right? That's the frustration with Matt. Which, I mean, not with him as a person or Doug Savant as a portrayer, but the writing is such that we either give Matt a terrible storyline or we give him nothing at all. But he can't just be a person in a room saying some dialogue and having a presence, right? It's never just that. The, what happens then is we just don't see him. If we can't give him an addiction or an abusive boyfriend or a guy who's setting him up, framing him for his own wife's murder, like then, then we don't get Matt. At all. Yeah. And so we don't get much more of Matt. No. Um, and then the next time we see Jake... He's somewhere, I guess, in upstate, somewhere northern, northern of, north of Melrose. L.A., yeah. North uh, called Sutter's Creek. Um, and he's drunk, and he's at this house, and I guess it's just too idyllic for him. The whole thing of, like, the family picture is too much for him. The picket fence is too much for him. So he kicks down the picket fence. And the house belongs to Colleen his old girlfriend, and baby mama. Yes, because remember Who, from he, season one, he had he a son? Yeah. So this is the first time we have seen her again. Of course she looks different because she's played by a different actress. I was about to ask, I was like, I don't, I didn't remember her. Was it a different actor? Of course it was a different actor. Okay. Yeah. Now, and this is the first time I had seen her. This actress's name is Stacey Hayduck. Um, H-A-I-D-U-K, maybe Hyduck, uh, but it was not the last. And she's actually carved out a rather formidable daytime career for herself. Uh, I think she got one daytime Emmy nomination for Young and the Restless, where she played a psychopath. And she has taken over the role in Days of Our Lives that Eileen Davidson won an Emmy for mm. um, for the last few years. So also playing a psychopath. Um, and she's actually done quite a good job. So... So good for her. This is actually a very talented actress. And she's good in the scenes that... She, I was going to say, uh, she, she was very to... good in this episode. Yeah, she was quite good. Yeah. I mean, for what it was. So basically, she has married... Um, I guess they are raising... her. The husband is raising Jake's kid as if it were his own. Jake's kid calls him dad. Yeah. Um, but and he's a powerful guy, apparently. Yeah, apparently. At least he's in town. He's out of town on business, but I guess he has a difficult relationship with his son, it seems like. Um, yeah, it and seems it seems to be like there's a lot of problems between David and the dad. 
Yeah, and and David apparently has anger management issues, which they bring up a few times, and Jake keeps going, yeah, well, I know how that feels. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, they try and kind of position it so that, like, you think Lana and Jake are going to, like, get together, you know, because she seems kind of... uh, Colleen, sorry. Colleen? Colleen. Colleen. Yeah, do they call her Lana? Wait, maybe I screwed that up. Colleen? Isn't it Colleen? It's probably Colleen. Anyway, whatever. Um, but you were getting to what, what they, they're leading the audience to. Yeah, so, so you're leading... The, they, it looks like they might hook up. It seems like she might have an unhappy marriage because the husband's gone all the time. Um, and, and, and he's constantly kind of bailing on the kid. Like the kid's like, he didn't didn't go come to one of my games yet this year. And like, there seems to be some contention there. Mm -hmm. Um, and they do share a kiss in the living room because the kid has been drinking a lot together. Yeah. They've been doing a lot together. The kid has called into his mom and said, he's staying over a friend's house. They've got the house alone. The dad's not coming back from his trip. They do share a kiss and then they stop and she's, and Colleen's like, I don't, I love my husband and we can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. She walks away. Now she says something as they're like reminiscing that I kind of call BS on. And she says, you know, remember all the times that he took her to meet her mother and brother, which I thought Jake left the house as early as he could. And obviously they wrote in Jess later on anyway, after the mother had passed away. So I feel like Jake never brought a girl home as an adult. I think Jake was out of the house and doing his thing by then. Yeah. Yet according to her, he did. But fine. They want to establish that there's even more of a history between them. All right, fine. And then she said something like they, they always said that she was, she was too good for him. Yes. Or that she wasn't good enough. Now I don't remember. No, too good. The idea being that, the mother and the brother were always nasty to Jake. Right, 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 right. Um, so I guess the next day, Jake is fixing the fence. And uh, she gets a call from, I guess, the friend's ha- the, the mom yeah. of the friend that the kid was supposed to be staying with. And uh, the, the, the ki- David, right? David, David is his name? David. David has run away, which I guess is something that he does quite often. And so Jake says, let's split up to go find him. I'll go to the the old bridge under the train tracks or something like that, and you go to the baseball field. And, of course, <laughs> yeah. Jake finds the kid. Finds yeah. yeah. Now, I'm totally ready for Jake to, like, sit there and go, hey, kid, I'm your father, kind of like Darth Vader. But that didn't happen. No, not quite. They, they, he talks in, like, sort of coded language about his dad, his own dad, <laughs> and that sort of thing. And how he's been where that kid has been and they bond actually doesn't take much to win the kid over and i don't know if you noticed but they filmed jake in these scenes with a lot of low angle shots so he looks like he looms over he looks very like imposing and powerful so so maybe that's why it's so easy for david sitting down to just give himself over to jake but but they bond and dave and jake's able to bring david back home yeah on the on the motorcycle the kid's happy to have the motorcycle ride Meanwhile, back at Melrose Place. <laughs> yeah, separately. <laughs> separately, um, Billy and Samantha have rushed to the hospital because Allison called. 
Right. Now, apparently she called them and also Amanda, but I guess Amanda was busy. So Sam and Billy are the ones that go to the hospital. I thought that Sam was calling Amanda to let him let her know that they'd be late for work. I don't I don't know. Who was who is the timing? Yeah, who was time Sam of day calling? Is Sam because, does say she was going to call Amanda, but I thought it was maybe just to let Amanda know what was happening. Okay, maybe that was Which, it. at this point, is still a mystery to us, the watcher. Right. And then it looks bad. Scene, it was still a mystery. It is. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then a nurse pulls Billy into Allison's room, which is apparently, like, right there. Um, she's like, oh, you need to come in here right now. It's urgent. And so you're like, oh, my God, what is happening to Allison that someone else needs to be there and, and see to her? Um, and he comes in and Allison's like, hey, the baby is fine. It's just a bait <laughs> switch. The nurse thinks Billy is the father, even though he has not identified himself as being so or the partner of Allison um, and says, I thought you'd want to be here to first hear the heartbeat. So they're just, they're doing a sonogram on Allison. Did you see the the scene where like for a split second, the doctor is like standing over Allison and he looked like a serial killer. Oh no, I missed that. Did you, it was like, it was like right before we still think that there's something, it was like right before we find out that everything is fine and they're just doing a sonogram and he is like standing over Allison and he's got this like the way they filmed him, it was like literally the camera was like underneath his chin. And he was like, don't lean back. Don't worry. This won't hurt a bit. And he looks completely psychotic. I miss all of that. Oh, my God. I was like, I was like, oh, my God. If that was me and I would have like jumped up screaming and run out of the room. He was abs. It was absolutely horrifying. It was like horror movie doctor. Wow. Oh, yeah. damn, I have to really go back and check Yeah, this. we got to go back and look at that one, too. Great, great eye on you. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Allison is now completely won over by her unborn child. Yeah, by the heartbeat. So all she really needs to do is have some sort of sonogram two weeks earlier, and then she and Jake would have been fine. Right. And so basically, I guess back at the office? Yeah, they're yeah. at D&D, like, the next day. And, or maybe it's later that day. I don't know. Time seems compressed, but we also deal with the Melrose time warp all the time. Um, Billy, she's in Billy's office and he's talking about, I'm out of the office. I'm in, I'm out, I'm in. Like, you know, Andrew Shoe speaks. So who knows what he's really saying. And she's not paying attention at all. She's just in her own head thinking about this baby. Um, and she goes, wasn't, it was pretty amazing, right? And, Andrew Shoup speak is like, yeah, it was the most oh, amazing the, the thing I've baby. ever seen. It <laughs> gave me chills. And so then he and Allison hug. And right as they hug, Sam, having walked by security, I guess, on her way to see Billy in the office, um, sees Allison and Billy hug. So there's a dun-dun-dun there. But yeah. really, who cares? I know. who Really, who cares? Who cares? Um, yeah, that's a storyline. Lame. Lame, lame. I, um, I'm just thinking of all of the ways, in hindsight, I would rewrite the watching. Yeah. Yeah. Lame, lame, lame. Mm. Um, so, hey, Sid and Carter, my two favorite characters. Yeah, so now Carter is at Sid's apartment, which I still think is Jane's old apartment, but anyway. But anyway, Um, we'll, we'll check on that. 
So basically, Carter is now crashing on the couch. Yeah, why is he not in the bed? Who knows? Because they did hook I mean, up, didn't they? What? When they were on that fancy trip to Yeah, San they've Francisco? already been together. Like, why wouldn't he, if he's coming to live with her as her boyfriend, why wouldn't he be in the bedroom with her? Also, why is he sleeping on the couch? Because this again tells me Sam did not have her own room. Right. There or, was I guess, bedroom. or if she did, I don't know, maybe the bedroom is now... The office? I don't know. So, yeah. So, Sid is... So, he's on the couch. He wakes up because, uh, I guess, uh, Sid has made him coffee. And he's, like, very excited about starting his new life as a not-billionaire. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He finds it, like, almost cute to just be a plebe, a normal person who has to work for their money to live. <laughs> and Sid is not enjoying his company. She doesn't seem to want him there. Um, she doesn't seem very interested in it. I'm wondering if this is like Sid being put out that he's no longer a billionaire. Momentarily, it seems that way, at least. But then she, they, she sees uh, Walter looming outside right. of the apartment. And she's like, quick, go go in the bedroom. Go hide, go hide. And she lets Walter in for some reason. And they have a little bit of a back and forth. He's looking for Carter. I know he's here. Of course not. I don't know where he is. And then he's like, isn't that his overnight bag? And, she, and then Carter yeah, comes out. Yeah, I mean, out. They, it's sitting right there in full yeah. view. Yeah. And so Carter comes out. And so even though he claims to have left everything behind and given up on his old billionaire life, he still fires Walter from the company. And it he seems still like seems to have control over his business. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much money he does or does not have. Yeah, and and then he like make and then so this is this is where this whole storyline, cute as it was, was completely a head scratcher because he fires Walter. He conceivably still has his biz- his company that he is still running. Yet he insists that he has to go out and get a job like a normal person. Yeah, uh, it doesn't make sense. But okay. But this is what we've got. And do you know who offers him a job? I know who offers him a job. Listeners, do you want to find out? Yeah. He's going to go waiter at Kyle's. Of course he does. Of course he is. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And And not only that, he's bad at it. Yeah, he's really bad at it. And he's so bad at it that um, Taylor is about to fire him. Um. But then she's like, or you can go wash dishes. And he gets extra excited about that. Yeah, yeah. She's like, you're terrible at your job. The only other job we even have here is washing dishes. And he jumps at the chance. He literally runs into the kitchen to just start working as a dishwasher. Oh, but I will say before, we just skipped think, over like a no, really No, 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 I was going to get back to it. Yeah, yeah okay. We did skip. Yeah. yeah, we skipped that. After he gets the job at Kyle's, he, again, said, seems like she's like really regretting her relationship with him at this point and then he brings her into her apartment and he has like a champagne dinner all set up for her yeah yeah real romantic dinner yeah yeah and um and she's basically like nobody's ever done anything like this for me before and no one has take me now and and she is completely won over by him once again yeah it's a really charming scene yeah, yeah. And so much so that she goes to Kyle's to sort of like, you know, see him on his first day 
watches him fail, watches him get excited about the dishes. And, you know, Taylor says something pretty snide to her. And she's like, just let him know, let, let, let Carter know that I'll be chilling the champagne for him when he gets home. Yeah. And walks out, you know, like yeah. she's basically supporting her man. So that was very sweet. And I'm very happy that it seems like she's happy. Although I really don't understand how Carter is working, uh, you know, as a dishwasher when he still has his multi-billion dollar company to run. But yeah, I guess we'll let him. don't understand the need. No. no. Yeah, but I guess we'll let him no. do his Carter thing because it is so charming. Yes. And how? Um, okay, I guess our final, our final is the Michael, Kimberly, and Megan saga, correct? That's correct. Saga, indeed. Oh, saga, saga. So when we last left uh, Michael and Kimberly, Kimberly wanted Michael to have sex with her, and Michael said, okay. Exactly. Not even a fight. Right. And so now we're the next morning where, um, where, you know, Michael wakes up and sort of creeps out of bed um, to try and rush out of there. And Kimberly wakes up and she's glowing. And Michael's like, gotta go. I'll shower at the hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't there. even fully get dressed before he's on his way out. Yes. Right, right. Um, and then the next time we see him, he's meeting up with Megan at a restaurant but it looks like, I guess he's two hours late. Megan's He must be off. really late because she's like she's passing off. out. Yeah. <laughs> she's nodding off at the table. And, um, and they, and then, you know, they, he tells her the truth about what happened with Kimberly. Um, yeah. And Megan, of course, freaks out, um, overturns trays and yells at Michael and pushes him and leaves. Yeah. Runs out of there. Yeah. Runs out of there. Um, and that's when, and, and she runs to, um, shooters. Well, it's another night that she's at shooters, right? I thought, oh yeah, I think maybe it is. Because, because Matt's running shooters now. So, so right. Jake has destroyed property at, uh, D and D in the interim and left town. Um, and, and yeah, so Megan is getting drunk at shooters. Yes. Um, and she fends off in advance from someone who hits on her, not knowing that she is or was a prostitute, but basically, like, the conversation, like, he's, like, play-acting as though she might be based off of something she says, and then she gets all defensive, and Matt has to step in and comfort her. Yeah, and and then she ends up spending the night at on Matt's couch. Right. Oh. She wakes up at Matt's, and I thought they were going to build to more of a scene, some sort of conversation even between her and Matt about Michael, but no, Michael just basically shows up right after she wakes up at Matt's. Right. And Again, I, depriving Matt of having anything to contribute. Yeah. Cause Matt's like, well, I'll just get out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave you to it. <laughs> and then Michael like basically says that he'll break it. Like, I don't know what the hell was going on, but he was like, basically like, I won't spend the night with her. I'll spend the days with her and the nights with you. And it was all weird. Yeah. And Megan isn't having it. She she yeah. basically compares him to her other Johns and also kicks him out. Yeah. And nor should she. She should not be putting up with this shit. No, but again, my thing is, does Megan even like Michael? Does she want Michael? Does she love him? Because she was doing good without him. And she doesn't need any of this mess. No, she doesn't. But apparently, through it all, she fell in love with him. Yeah. I guess. But yeah, like that's why I keep thinking. I'm like, God, you should go back to like Yeah, leave. 
I mean, your really, escort we, life yeah. because you were doing so much better. But um, but no, and you know, and and like you know, ironically, this was all Kimberly's idea. How ironic! How ironic! How ironic! Well, um, Megan has an idea of how to solve the problem. <laughs> Kill Kimberly. <laughs> yes. So now we're back to vehicular homicide again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with like Kimberly comes out of the beach house and is crossing the street, and Megan's just happens to be sitting there in her car, so she speeds up and then she presses on the brakes. At the last right minute. Before. Yeah. yeah. And then Kimberly comes over and she's like, oh no, what, did, what have I done to you? It's come <laughs> to this. What did I, what have I yeah. done? You know, yeah. like all concerned. Yeah. She, she said, and she's like, I just need my life back for a little while. Yeah. Like you understand. And it's like, no bitch, this is all yeah. your idea in the first place. Life has moved on. Yeah. Oh, but dear. Oh, but there is a twist. And comes the door of the prostitution whore. And so then Kimberly visits her doctor. Yes. And I think this is the scene you were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. When I was screaming, I knew it, I knew it at the TV. Yep. Doctor has some interesting news. Guess what? Kimberly is not dying. (laughs) They've done a new brain scan. The tumor is shrinking. What he says is she is in full remission with limited treatment. I would say very limited treatment because she did no chemo, no radiation, and just popped some pills. So very limited treatment. Indeed, the tumor is shrinking. Indeed. And so I I guess we attributed that to Michael's magic lovemaking. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah. Um, So... Now this is a this is a this is a pickle. Not for Kimberly. To her, the solution seems very clear. She she finds Michael in the hospital and says that thanks to his love, everything is gonna work out. So I guess Megan really should just leave. Because I... now that Kimberly is gonna be healthy, uh, she should just be able to grab Michael right back. I don't think things will be this easy. Well, I, of course not. Of course not. But poor Megan, what's she going to do? I know. Well, she should leave. She really should. I mean, she's got a really cute house. She doesn't need this shit. No. Somehow she was doing just fine before. Mm-hmm. Uh, some would say better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this storyline got a little bit of a goose. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm very yeah. interested to sort of see where this is going. I'm super intrigued by uh Sid and Carter um hoping they get a little bit more airtime next week um and I really wouldn't mind having a break from Taylor for a little while but I don't yeah, think I'm gonna I get think that. we are just getting more and more of Taylor yeah I don't think I'm gonna get that but yeah. you know when- um I'm and I guess Jake will come back to town next week and we'll see where that goes. My other question is the title of the episode, Catcher in a Lot. Are we just talking about Taylor? I guess. Who else was lying? I don't think anyone was. I mean, Craig was the only other liar. Yeah. And Maybe so I'm Peter guessing they're mission. talking about Taylor because she almost got Cause, caught. Because now there's, there's spies. Yeah. Spies like us. That's what this should have been called. Spies should like have us. been called Spies like us. They should have hired me. 
Yeah, I say that too. Could Get an cool. DeLorean and see. I know, right? Get an DeLorean. All right, that is the episode. Um, episode twenty next week. Yeah, moving moving along. Exciting. Um, all right, so we're gonna head over to the boulevard and talk about a few things that That's are right. not Melrose related. That are not. Um, so, so follow us on over there. And we will see you back on the blog next week. Bye. Bye.